Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Jessica Butcher, queen of fantasy. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Well, you should be able to hear your voice. So, I mean, you can set it on the counter and not have to, like, look at us. Here, I'll let you guys just look at my boobs. How about that? Hey, there you, there you go. <laughs> the view I always wanted. It's my early Christmas present. Happy knockers. <laughs> <laughs> They look enormous from this angle. <laughs> they they do. really do. It's like, just literally like boobs Jesus, and then like a, your head. Jesus, <laughs> that's a rack. That's a I'm really pretty sure big if I did that, you just see straight up my nose. <laughs> oh, Jess. What's she going to do? She said if, if she had that angle, you would just see straight up her nose. Yeah. <laughs> there would be... <laughs> I need to find, I think they're at Walmart and I'm not going near Walmart till after Christmas. I think that's where people are getting them. They're these little like packets of like the Hogwarts crest and it has three cabinets. So you open the first cabinet and you like hold on, it's like heat activated and you hold on to like the little crest and it turns to a house color to tell, like give you a hint of like which character is in the box. What? Yeah. And then the second one you open has like a spell, like who would use this spell? Why don't you go to walmart.com? I mean, that takes all the fun out of it. I go out of my way to leave my house in a pandemic and I get there and they don't have what I want. I am so done. Yeah. Oh, so I'm a grown adult who has an elf on the shelf because I'm an only child and I'm spoiled. (laughs) So I, I have a Harry Potter problem, we all know. And I came home and my elf was holding a little minifig bag of Harry Potter. My elf on the shelf hit it out of the park. She found Moaning Myrtle on the first try. You know, Megan, as a grown-ass woman, I'm a little concerned about your, quote, elf on the shelf. <laughs> I wonder what other services that little bastard is providing. No, my elf on the shelf is very innocent. She's very well. She's, oh, it's a she. she. Yes, she, oh. she. Well, not that there's anything wrong with that, Megan. <laughs> that would be true, but... Not for me. <laughs> no. Your mother. Oh, she needs some grandchildren up in there. <laughs> she just enjoys the holidays. That's where I get it from. That's why I have so much, so much Christmas everywhere. Jess, it's really good to see your face. We haven't seen you in a little while. I, I know you're exhausted from school. Are you relaxing? Do you have a beverage there? Uh, not yet. I think Garrett's going to bring me coffee in a little bit. Because um, we got a Starbucks in Choctaw now. It's really <gasps> weird. Ooh. Did you really? Wow. World. Uh, but now you are off and you don't have to worry about school for a little while. How does that feel? You feeling good? Yeah, I don't have to take any more finals. That was my last one. Woo-hoo! Like forever. Forever? Yeah, I have to take the board exam in April. But... Well, I mean, that's basically the ultimate final. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> just just the thing that makes me able to do my job. No big deal. Yeah. Well, but like I don't have, like all next semester it's just rotation, so I'm just working basically. Gotcha. And wow. I don't have to take tests or do homework. I get to like interact with people in the weird new COVID way that you interact with people, but That's pretty impressive, Jess. Yeah. I hope that you that when you get engaged, you'll come on the podcast and tell us about it cuz I know it's coming. Yeah, I think it is too. 
We'll see. You sound so excited. You're like, yeah. I mean, I guess if I have to. When you get a dog together, it's pretty much all over. Building a house together and they have a dog. I mean, they might as well be married now. Yeah. 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 I think by July, most people will be able to get the vaccine if they choose to. I think yeah. kind of based on the timetable I've seen, like by midsummer, it should be uh, publicly accessible at that point. Unlike, well, I thought it's going to be acceptable or available by like April. It might even be that early. Well, I think that I that's what the news said. I oh, well, good, they moved it up then. Well, I think it's because of all of the other companies that are coming out now that they have the Moderna vaccine has been okayed, but. What Ron said is there's a Johnson and Johnson vaccine. There's and there's a couple of other ones that were working within the warp speed yeah. group. I don't care which one I get. I'm taking that bitch. I uh, don't have any side effects from it. Unlike Megan, who's fucking special, and she already got hers. I did. <laughs> I, 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 My dad did too. It made me a little tired. Which, I mean, I get tired after the flu shot, so that wasn't anything drastic. The weirdest side effect is I, my coworker and I both got the vaccine, and we both have a heightened sense of smell. Like, we can smell <laughs> shit that no one else in our department can so smell. So it's like, it's like the opposite of what you get when you get the virus, when you can't smell. Yeah. And yeah. I'm pregnant. I could smell everything. If somebody was in the car who was a smoker... And they didn't even have to smoke in the car. I could smell it five hours later. Oh, gosh. They were in the vehicle and they had cigarette smoke like on their clothes. I mean, I'm a pretty good sniffer anyways, like not being pregnant. But, oh, my God, it was horrible. I could smell everything. So maybe, Megan, you got a little extra in that vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I think that'd be like Virgin Mary style. I read a meme on Facebook the other day that said, if God was going to impregnate somebody, why didn't he impregnate Joseph? That would have been impressive. That's true. I mean, really, if you think about it, teenage girls get pregnant every day. Now, Joseph, if he'd been pregnant, that would have been some miracle grade shit right there. That would have been intense. There was this one time when we were kids and we were working on science fair projects. And for some reason, my sister like was pick the Christmas story to do something. So my dad was trying to help her narrate the Christmas story and the part where she gets pregnant and she says that it's God's. And my dad made a like off comment. (laughs) It was just, he was having so much fun with that. And that was before the editing capabilities really came in there. That was back in the cassette days, wasn't it? Yeah, my sister kept having to rewind the cassette and start <laughs> like, like, they'd say he was the voice of God. And he's like, will you have God's son? And then my dad would say, the hell I will. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see your sister being like, God, I got to rewind again. <laughs> Since this is the last podcast before Christmas. Twas the last podcast before Christmas, and all through the house, all through the, the studio, book girls were reading in their couch chairs, in their couch, <laughs> on their couch, on their couch. Well, in their couch, I could be. Hey, if you got the- really big cushions, that could work. I kind of sink into my couch. <laughs> we never open anything on Christmas Eve. Or I feel like I'm one of the few families. That no, we, never we don't do either. We don't either. We are Christmas Day, Christmas morning family. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, my parents would let us do one. I'd go, oh, this is a cool package. I bet it's something really great. 
oh socks fuck but now you love socks i do love socks and that's funny how that all works out that we did that and my sister picked a gift and she opened it and it was batteries but at least she knew there was something battery operated under there i was a very lazy santa anything that came from santa did not get wrapped it went right under the tree christmas eve (laughs) so all the shit i couldn't wrap you know all the weird awkward crap that i got like the weird shape boxes i'm just like okay that's that's a christmas day present and i would put it away and then that shit went right under the tree as it was there you go i was like santa doesn't have time for that crap that's why santa has the elves to wrap the presents that's true yeah everybody's got their own narrative clearly mine was flawed but it's okay (laughs) You know, we have our little Christmas traditions that as they're adults and you ask them questions, it's interesting. I said something to him the other day because he's 22 now. So I said, so what what are your favorite parts about Christmas? So I'll know the stockings are the best because all of that weird chocolate that I never get any other time of the year is always stuff in there. But I was surprised. And I'm like, fuck. Now I have to go over to World Market and get that weird chocolate uh, clo- I get every year. God damn it. Well, and the closest one's like in Norman. I, we're going to Norman tomorrow to World Market so I can get him yeah. little chocolate coins. The chocolate coins are the big deal. Hey, you know, whatever works. Yeah, I took my grandpa shopping today. Like either me, my mom, or my sister-in-law take him shopping to get my grandma her present because Aww. he can't drive mm. every year. It's usually me. He asked me a few weeks ago, but it was like I had my comprehensive skills check then i had all of my finals and i was like love to go on the the 19th so what's your favorite holiday tradition jessica what what do you like what what is your little kid heart really happy about at christmas Um, so alec and i always bake a bunch the few days before christmas and that's probably my favorite part just getting to like hang out with him and bake and eat cookie dough and stuff What's your favorite yeah. favorite part of Christmas? Like for Tyler? Mm-hmm. I know this sounds really weird, but I like picking him out funky underwear to put in his stocking. Ah. <laughs> weird chocolate. I always pick a funny underwear for Tyler. So he doesn't, he doesn't watch this or listen to this, so it won't ruin it. But I got him a pair that looked like a tiger it even has a tiger face on the front oh my god oh my gosh Every, i feel I like that was appropriate for like tiger tiger king, king. yes, yes. His 2020 underwear have a tiger king theme now that is good that's just straight up oklahoma if i'm <laughs> that is straight up oklahoma now if it now if you just could get him a wig that looks like a mullet you'd have it in spades that kid doesn't need a mullet he's got enough problems with his own hair 100 <laughs> percent on that one girl <laughs> i just think it's funny that his twitter name is q-tip because like, that's... that's his name on the radio yeah it cracked me up i was like what is they gave him that, <laughs> that nickname when he started working on the on the, on the sports animal in the morning he <laughs> They gave him his own nickname almost right away when he started. I think he was filling in when he first did it, and they just fell yeah. in love with him. When they talk about me, they talk. They call me Mama Q-Tip. Mama, Mama Q-Tip? Mama Q. <laughs> that is so funny. What about you, Megan? Do you have a Christmas? What did the young Megan really look forward to at Christmas? I loved coming downstairs and seeing that Santa had eaten his cookies that I left out. And that he would drink the milk. And the stockings were, there was always good stuff in the stockings. But I always was worried that like Santa wouldn't eat all of his cookies. My mom was very big on the magic of Christmas. Yes. So I would come down in the morning and you know those old fashioned icicles? They were like a long, thin, straight piece of tinsel. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So she would 
put candy canes and tinsel all over the tree after we went to bed on Christmas Eve. Oh. So when we got up and walked down the stairs, the entire room was transformed. Oh, that's really cool. Into this like winter wonderland. And that's what I was always just so amazed. I was like, holy crap, Santa yeah. was here. That's pretty cool. Funny story about icicles that you're going to laugh at me for <laughs> because it's just like an age. It's going to show my age. Um, my grandpa, I went over there to take him something and he had decorated his tree because it's like a really big deal to him. Is like he likes to decorate his tree. He puts candy canes on his tree. So anytime one of us comes over, we can get a candy cane off the tree. It's his thing. And he was telling me that my grandma wouldn't let him or that when he was in FFA, they would decorate with icicles. Mm-hmm. And then he was telling me that grandma wouldn't let him decorate with icicles because they're messy. And I was like, well, I don't think it's cold enough. So I was thinking of like, <gasps> we have this tree in Choctaw where they make ice. And I was like, I don't think it's cold enough for that. But anyway, so I was like, well, you know, I bet I can find like some icicle lights or some glass icicles to give to my grandpa to put on its tree or put outside or whatever. And so I ordered some and I was telling my dad about it. And he was like, Jessica, icicles are tinsel. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard tinsel called icicles. Yeah, we used to call them icicles. Yeah. I think we always called it tinsel. I knew what you were talking about when you yeah, said it, but yeah. I don't think we ever called them icicles. Yeah. I had no clue. I felt like such an idiot. I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> when Vani was young, what did you like most about Christmas? Um, We always got a new pair of pajamas on Christmas Eve. And I always loved getting a new pair of jammies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think every oh. family has a little bit of a, a tradition that's unique to yeah. their household. At least I really tried to come up with, you know, things that were special for, for us. For example, my mom... She always included an orange at the very bottom of the stocking in the toe. There was always an orange. And the first time I was old enough to like remember and think of it, I was like, why is there always an orange in here? And it was the coolest thing because, you know, my mom lived through the Great Depression. Mm. And an orange was the ultimate treat for them because it's seasonal True. And they lived in a very isolated place and they never got fresh fruit. And now we keep the orange, only it's a chocolate orange. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's be But real. we tell the story about the orange. Yeah. Mom's dad was, before he passed, Christmas was like his thing. Like he was always more excited about it than even we were as kids. So we would go to their house at like 7 a.m. Like we would get up at our house, open our Santa Claus presents, get in the car, go because Papa wanted to do Christmas at their house. And he would always, one of us, it, you never knew who it was going to happen to, but he would wrap things. Um, it's like one year my older brother got a gift card that he to the store. I think it was for baseball stuff because he played lots of baseball, but he got a gift card. But he had wrapped it in so many boxes that the box was like my height and he like <gasps> duct taped them. Oh my God. <laughs> one of us always got screwed with at Christmas and it was always so funny. <laughs> You know, when you grow up and you're finally settled, you know, and you have your own little family and your own little Christmas, that that was, yeah. of course, I did get engaged on Christmas, so it's probably. Oh, how cliche. I know. I know. I'm surprised. The, the first year, the first year after I graduated high school and moved out and we had Christmas, 
I mean, we were poor and everything, but that was the best Christmas because we bought this cheap ass dollar store tree and put it up. And then we were rooting around in the basement of this house that I lived in with roommates. And we found boxes of old Christmas ornaments. Oh, that's amazing. And they smelled a little musty and stuff, but we still put them all over the tree. And then we had all of our friends over and we just ordered like some pizzas and stuff. And it was fun. When you start creating your own narrative, you know, your own Christmas narrative and your own, I don't know. Yeah, your your own, your unit, your family unit's own Your adult Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Jessica, when I first moved out, oh. it wasn't quite like you because the only family I had in the same state was my sister Right at the time. Because when I graduated, I moved out of state. Yeah. Bonnie was like, I am getting the hell out of here. <laughs> so there was like, no, I didn't have to go see any family or anything. And, you know, I, I um, just brought my sister's wheelchair into my house so she got to hang out mm-hmm. and then um her other friend brian who was also in a wheelchair we would bring his we would we would like carry them all the way up to the third floor sometimes and just so that they could that's fun that's that's dedication and love right there carrying that well, wheelchairs and stuff is hard down on the stairs after we've been drinking <laughs> <laughs> you'll be like just scoot down the stairs it's fine <laughs> We'll just, just we'll push you down the stairs. Here, here's the banister. Here's how it works. You just slide down. It's really easy. <laughs> I'm just going to let go. Somebody catch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just going to say there's so many safety violations in that. <laughs> yeah, safety schmafety. It's okay. It's fine. Well, it- well, I'm not a professional. I don't have to take a test in April, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any uh, safety regulations harshing our vibe over here. <laughs> I have to tell you guys something funny about the book I'm going to review. Because well, I was... Can you wait till you're going to review it to tell us? You want to go first? You could tell us this funny story and then go first if you want. Oh, sure. I- that would be my Christmas present to you. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh, my God. So Vani's giving you the gift of going first. Which I started sweating when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That looks so, like a doorstop so of a tell book. tell us the story about the book that you're going to review. Okay. So I was, oh, like a, the day before my comprehensive skills check, which is like this big, you have to go in. And you get 30 minutes to prep I've, and you can take whatever you want, which is really kind of cool. But obviously you have to like know where everything is in the book and like have a rough idea because you have to plan out a 45 minute treatment session after that. And so like I carried my entire backpack in with stuff. But so I was the night before and I kind of hit a point where I was like, I either know it or I don't. I'm going to go read and not think about anything PT related. And so I'm like three chapters into this book and it features the main character has had her left hand amputated and I open the next chapter to read and it's her going to PT. (laughs) (laughs) For those, for those people don't know what PT stands for, it stands for physical therapy and that is Jess's specialty. Yes. Um, So you got to read about PT in your book. 
Yeah. <laughs> so ironic. I know. It was terrible. Garrett started laughing so hard because he was like, you just need to take a break and sit down. And I opened it and I was like, well, well, and it's it takes place in England. So they're physiotherapists, which is the same thing. But um, she calls them physios. And I was like, Garrett, she's at PT. And he was like, okay, put it down. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So the book I'm going to review is called The Hollow Tree. And yes, I am reading a horror sci-fi mix for the holidays. So <laughs> tell us where I'm at. Hey, um, everything is fair in 2020. It's by James Brogdon. And um, the main character loses her hand in the first chapter in a boating accident. She starts having these weird phantom limb sensations, which is common in amputees. So like, it's normal. But they're accompanied by this nightmare of a woman who's trapped in a tree and she starts dreaming about how the woman dies and so there are like these three deaths that she's kind of drawn to and then while that's kind of happening she uh, has some other strange things happens like she goes outside to plant flowers that someone brought her to the hospital and she falls and she falls on her residual limb and she feels dead leaves but it's the middle of summer and when she like puts her right hand over them the leaves come into our realm Hmm. and so like her gone hand can bring things back through even though it doesn't exist yeah because it's in the void so she can like bring stuff back with both hands it's really weird oh wow but there's always some sort of repercussion so when she pulled the leaves through the plant she was planting withered and died Mm. and then at one point she like accidentally pulls a cat through because it brushes against her hand and then this like evil weird weasel dog thing comes and tries to kill it so her nightmares about this lady keep getting worse and so she's drawn to the licky hills which are where she gets murdered and so she's reliving three murders in her dream where like one is she's a gypsy witch who gets killed by her husband and then she's a nazi spy who gets found out and uh gets killed by her higher up guy she was informing the allies on and then uh in the last one she's a prostitute and she gets killed by a serial killer john type guy and so she goes to the licky hills because she's like i gotta figure out what's going on because it's driving her insane and she finds the the tree and she pulls mary through and so it's all about like the repercussions that come from that and it's because Oak Mary is a big legend and there are like these three, they never know, found out who she actually was. So there are these three myths about her life and she doesn't know who she is anymore. She doesn't know if she's the Nazi spy or the witch or whatever. And her repercussion is that the three incarnations of her murderer come after her and who, who's, figure out. Who, who's murderer? Uh, Mary, Oak Mary. Okay, the so tree. the girl with no hand. Mm-hmm. Is being chased by Mary's killer now? Yeah, because she pulled Mary oh, into our world. Oh, okay. Out okay. Of the tree. Okay, so yeah. you know what's real creeping me out about this book right now? There is actually a murder case about a woman buried in the in a tree in 1944 in England. That's where this takes place. <laughs> I was like, I swear to fucking, I was like, hold up, and I just I just googled it. And yeah, I'm sh- inspired by a true story, perhaps. Yeah. But when you started talking, I was like, wait a damn minute. I know this story. <laughs> so much of this novel is heavily inspired by an urban myth local to me, that of Bella in the Witch Elm. Yep. Whoa. I literally got goosebumps when you started talking. I was like, wait, I've heard this. My, my murderino brain was like, hold up. I know this story. 
Oh, I might have to read this book now even more. But it takes a really weird turn into like some sci-fi stuff. And um, I didn't see it coming at the end. So I was really, really impressed by it. And it actually brought a lot of light into my finals week. (laughs) So I thought it was fantastic. Is it a, uh, is it a YA book? Is it a regular? No, it's not a YA book. It's regular. Um, Actually, Garrett picked this out for me and I think it was in the sci-fi section. Because it kind of sounds like my jam. I think you would really enjoy it. It was really fun. Also, it's, it takes place in England. And so like a lot, and the main character, Rachel, the amputee, I wish there was an audio for it. I there isn't find- an audio? I don't think so. Oh. I haven't found it That's what I was but just trying. I'm going to look too, just up. for shit. Damn it. Yeah, I looked at the library, but I didn't check like Audible or anything. Because I feel like some of her cussing is so creative. I love if- creative cussing. That's one yes. of the reasons I like Scottish people so much, because their cussing is epic. Nope. Oh, it's so funny. I can't remember what the word that she uses so often is, but she would say it and I would could hear it in that like accent. And uh-huh. I was just like, oh my gosh, I wish there was audio for this because <laughs> I want to hear all these words. That was The Hollow Tree by James Brogdon, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Four children found <laughs> the skeletonized remains of the woman in the witch elm uh, whose murder was approximated to have happened in 1941. Remains unidentified. And no one, and currently, location of her skeleton and autopsy report is unknown. Hmm. I'm going to need to get this book <clears throat> after Christmas. It's very good. What's you, it I called think, again? I the Hollow Tree? Mm-hmm. Yep, The Hollow Tree. I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. It does take a bit to get there because it does a lot of the build up. So it's a lot of like these weird things keep happening to her. And you know that she's going to pull the woman out of the tree because it says it on the back of the book. And you're like, okay, let's get there. It's very good. I just love when an author uses like a loosely based story and then makes it like an epic book like that. Yeah, it took some really weird turns. There was a lot of like sci-fi and horror and just, it was fun. All right, Vani, what do you have for us? Well, I did one that was kind of a little more like Christmassy. You know, I I like to do the theme books. I really do. (laughs) So I read um, A Wild Winter Swan by Gregory Maguire. Oh, I love Gregory Maguire. Yeah, me too. I actually read this like about a month ago. So I've been kind of holding back on reviewing this so that we could get closer to Christmas. For anyone who's read Gregory Maguire, he's he's very fantasy and I guess sci-fi. Would you consider him sci-fi, Martha? More fantasy. Usually yeah. sci-fi More- means uh, science and space. But like he wrote, he wrote Wicked. And yeah, so that's, that's, more, that's more fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Okay. So um, this book takes place in New York City in the 1960s. And the main character lives with her grandparents. Her name is Lauren. And her dad had died, I think, during the war, I think. And then her brother also died. And when her brother died, her mom kind of had a nervous breakdown. So she couldn't care for her anymore. So she went to go live with her grandparents. You know, she's kind of an awkward teenager. I think she's probably about 14 in this book. So she's just right on there at the cusp of being a teenager. 
and she's she's awkward and she's quiet she gets picked on at school and stuff and she just really doesn't like her life that much she gets in trouble in school and then her grandparents start talking about sending her to the finishing school in Canada and she doesn't want to go it's just she's not a very happy person you know this all happens takes place like right before Christmas like when she gets in trouble at school and stuff it's right before Christmas break and she ends up getting expelled from school right before Christmas break yeah then her grandparents are trying to prepare for this big huge holiday party that they're having and they're also trying to do house repairs at the same time and all of this other stuff and uh, one of the stories that Lauren is really that really she really likes and like she reads to some kids that she um, goes and helps out in one of the younger grades in her class in her school is called the wild swans and it's about um, a sister that helps her 11 brothers who have been cursed by a witch so they turn into swans and they're only turned back into humans once a year I think is what what it is I'd have to look and see exactly what the story is but she really loves that story. And one day she wakes up and I want to say it's like Christmas Eve or a couple, or the day before Christmas Eve. And she hears something outside on the roof. Her bedroom's in the attic, by the way. And um, she thinks that it's just one of the repair guys. And so she kind of opens her window to see and she sees somebody falling. So she reaches out and she catches their ankle and they make their way back into the window and it's this boy who's half a person and half a swan he like has a wing and Whoa. everything just one wing it's, right he's got like one arm and like one wing Whoa. and it's just about her trying to help this this boy and conceal him from everybody else in the house because she doesn't want everyone to know that she has a boy in her room for one thing and also a boy who's half a swan in in her room yeah that would be complicated to explain yeah that would be kind of weird so and it's just kind of about her trying to conceal this but also at the same time her coming to understand her grandparents position and why they decided to send her to finishing school and and everything else hmm. and, um, I mean it was a really good book it was a little strange it's it's more whimsical than strange, I should say. More it's, fairy tale-ish than it has a fantasy. Fairy, yeah, it has a very fairy tale feel to it. Because you know, I don't like the strange all that much. That's what that's it, why it, I said fairy tale, because I'm like, Vonnie liked a book about a half swan, <laughs> half dude. What? <laughs> I, I Do you have lie. a fever? I, <laughs> Do you have the COVID? I, yeah, that's it. Instead of losing my sense of smell, I changed my way of thinking about it. You change your reader wheelhouse completely. Yeah. You're like, I don't like World War II books anymore. I only read Ew. strange. Give me some ridiculous Ew. fantasy. I need some sci-fi in here right now. Ew. Ken Follett. Who's that? <laughs> Get out of my house, Ken. That'll be the ultimate sign that we know that something's wrong with Vonnie when she's like, I'm not reading the new Ken Follett book. We'll I'll be like, we need to take her to the ED immediately. She needs a MRI, a CT. She must be having a stroke. <laughs> right? 
there's this happened. there's the smile test you know where, where yes. if somebody's having a stroke you tell them to smile and if they can't yep then you got for us it's you know if if Vonnie doesn't like ken follett then it's time for her to go to the hospital <laughs> She needs committed immediately. Been abducted by aliens, and it's really not me. It's an alien in a body suit. <laughs> That's, a, you know, we'll, we'll just start making a list for each other. Uh, you know I've been abducted by an alien if. <laughs> if I suddenly am madly in love with country music and Jesus. Romance novels. I was going to say Twilight. <laughs> for you, for Martha. Yeah. I voluntarily read all the Twilight books. Uh, Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> See? If but it, I mean... There, I I have read a lot of Gregory Maguire books, and I do like Gregory Maguire's writing. Whimsical is a really good way to describe his writing style, though. I'm glad that you said that because it really is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's very whimsical in his writing, but he's also not hard to understand. I mean, Megan's giving you the look. Gregory Maguire is not that hard to understand. No, he hurts my brain. Sometimes. He hurt your brain? Oh, God. No. Wicked, like, gave me... Oh, God. Wicked... The Wicked series, like, hurt my brain. Like... It is very strange. But if you've ever read the original Frank L. Baum... Yeah, I own it, and I quit reading... I DF'd yeah, it. Yeah, that I was is like, some seriously some... weird shit right there. Yeah, no, Frank... Gregory Maguire makes my brain hurt. Like, after I read a Gregory Maguire, I have to read, like, three romance novels after that. I well, love I, I love his say, books. They just hurt my brain. There is times that I have to go back a chapter... Yes. ...and read... Because all of a sudden I'm in the middle of this story and I'm I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm like, what? Where did this boy with a freaking wing come from? Yeah, so that's what I mean by back. he hurt, hurts my brain. Is like sometimes I'll be yeah. in it and I'll be like, what the? I got to read that whole chapter again. I don't know what just happened. You just have to pay attention because things change like yes. in an instant when you're reading a Gregory Maguire. All of a sudden you're you know do do, do got expelled sitting at home and then all of a sudden there's a swan boy at your window. <laughs> So, yeah, you have to pay attention when you're reading those. And I did have to rewind this one. This is more of a, like, car ride kind of book if you're reading the audio. And, again, that was A Wild Winter Swan by Gregory Maguire. And that is my Christmas book this year. Oh, Bonnie's the only one who played this year. I tried. I I downloaded a book called Secret Santa. It was Mm -hmm. supposed to be a horror novel, but... It was on Kindle, and I started rolling my eyes within the first few pages. I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. Well, I, I kind of stay in kind of the horror realm, but it's nonfiction <laughs> for my pick this week. And this is what I was going to use in October for my phobia. And this, and this book was like a struggle. And Martha was like, dump that book, pick a different one. <laughs> Uh, but I did finish it, and then so I thought I'd still review it. I will say it was not my type of book. Like if I hadn't already been so committed to finishing it, I probably would not have finished it. However, I thought I was going to really like it because the title is "The Five: The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper" by uh, Hallie Rubenhold. And it won all kinds of awards for nonfiction. That's what I was just going to ask. I was going to ask, did you look at the Goodreads reviews? Because sometimes if I really am hating a book, I go, is it just me or does this book really suck? And then I think it was just me (laughs) (laughs) because it has four stars on Goodreads and like 30,000 ratings. Damn. And it won some kind of it was a 2019 Goodreads choice winner. And it won a couple of different like nonfiction awards. 
Hmm. So the reason I picked it up was because we all know I like all things Jack the Ripper. And what I think it was shown at G was like, oh, you got to read the five. And I was like, okay. I should have read the Goodreads reviews first. <laughs> because what I wanted was, you know, some, some, some information about them, but more kind of like how they ended up where they ended up being murdered and a little bit more about the murders. And it was more truly, like it says, the untold stories of the women killed by Jack the Ripper. And what got boring in it for me was that it felt like the same story told five times because it was in, it wasn't interesting in the fact that most of the time we think of Jack the Ripper's victims as sex workers, which only one of them was actually a sex worker. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. See, now I've learned something new. So I did learn something new from his book because that's what you always hear. Oh, he's killing sex workers in Ch- Whitechapel. And actually, most of them were not sex workers. They were just women who lived in the 1800s in England and just had the raw end of the deal. Mm. A lot of them, um, and I should have written their names down so I could talk about them by name because I feel like it's important to know their names, but I didn't plan that far ahead. So, <laughs> um, like the first one, I think a lot of them struggled with mental illness, which in the 1800s was not a thing. And then some of them just didn't have the opportunity to not end up forgotten about in the London system in the 1800s. So what the first woman like abandoned her family. She had a couple of kids. She abandoned her husband. Her husband ended up hooking up with the neighbor woman. And that was part of the reason she left. And they, it, a lot of it just seemed to stem from, they had like shitty circumstances. So then they drank a lot and then they became homeless and had no money. And then they drank a lot and then they died, which I feel like, and, and I hate because it sounds like it's victim blaming. Cause it's like, but it's just the circumstances of people. I mean, it's just like, just like anything, you know, to look at a victim, what puts them in that situation? Right. I mean, you can, it's like drug related crime, you know, half the time you, you get that explanation on the news of some, oh, you see, you know, five people got murdered in Oklahoma city last night. Yeah. Oh, well they, that was a drug related crime. Well, you don't really know what, the circumstances right. of those people's lives were and you you don't ever get to know right and that's what and i felt and i think that's why so many of them got lumped into that with the final worker or the final woman that was murdered them all getting lumped together as sex workers because then it was you know you the city could write it off into some in their head right You're like oh well they were just they're just sex workers. Like we don't need to worry about that. That's not like a thing, but really a lot of it was just, these were women who were in and out of the workhouses who had a lot of issues, mental health issues, drinking issues, their families abandoned them or they abandoned their families. So a lot of it was the circumstance of living in London as a woman in that era. Unfortunately, there wasn't, there was an eight point when I was reading it, I was like, Oh wow. Like, this is so crazy. You know, she was with her family and walked home by herself and got killed. Like it was all just, well, they were in and out of every workhouse in London, which is if you workhouses in London, you basically would go in and work for the day and they'd give you a bed and you never really made money as a worker in the workhouse. You just kind of were stuck in the system there. Um, you'd get a little bit here and there and you could, they would just kind of hop between them. Dickens talks a lot about the workhouses and his books and stuff. They were very common. But it was just, I was just disappointed. I thought it was going to be, be more than what it was. Like I wanted a little, I wanted some of the murder because I feel like if you're telling me the stories of Jack the Ripper, I want to know the stories of the murder Mm. as well as like, who was this person? 
a little bit. Like I would have rather had more of a mix. Mm. But when you read the reviews, like I should have done beforehand, they're like, this is great. I love knowing all their stories. And I I left going, well, yeah, they were women in 1888 living on their own in seedy parts of London. Got it. Okay. What else can you tell me? (laughs) Five times five. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly how I felt. But if you want just straight facts about their names and their families and where they came from and what cities they lived in and out of and which workhouses they lived in and out of, this book would be for you. If you want the murdery side, this is not the book. Mm. And there was a lot of research. I was like, she did a, a lot of good research of, you know, finding out which workhouses they lived at and who they were married to and all those things, how they got to where they ended up. But it was more of that than I wanted. Mm. If that makes any sense. It does. It okay. makes perfect sense. <laughs> so that, that that reminds me of uh The Devil in the White City. Yes. The, like I was going into it really expecting some more stuff about H.H. H. Holmes and I got so much information about the Chicago World's Fair and the guy who did the like The gardens. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it it very much feels like that, but this is nonfiction and that was like historical fiction. So yeah, very similar feeling when I was reading this book and I was like just get to the end. Like I was so committed by that point that I felt like I had to finish this one. I think it's important though for us to review occasionally a book that we didn't love because yeah. it shows that the expectations aren't always realized when you pick up something you think you're gonna like yeah no I agree because I thought for a while I was like well I don't want to review it because I really didn't like it but I was like no I feel like I should because like I said if you're looking for truly nonfiction history of the five victims of Jack the Ripper this book will be like you're gonna sit there with your highlighter and love every minute of it if you want more of the murdery side you're gonna want to stab your eyes out with said highlighter (laughs) (laughs) Which was oh, that me. would take a little while too. So that sounds like yeah, it would sting. Yeah, I was, was really smart. Yeah, I was using it uh, for a book challenge that was like annotate a book. I was like, oh, perfect, I'll annotate the like Jack the uh, Ripper book. So I was sitting there with my highlighter, and I just felt like I kept highlighting. And then she became an alcoholic, and then she became an alcoholic every chapter. Ugh. So it was a little frustrating. But if you want just straight history of the five victims of Jack the Ripper, this book is for you. If you want Jack the Ripper, find a different one. And that was The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper by Hallie Rubenhold. All right, guys. I'm going to really do exactly what you think I'm going to do today. Is it is it physics time? No. Oh. It's just weird. Okay. <laughs> All right, what, was it physics or was it ast- uh, astrophysics. astrophysics? No, I'll talk about astrophysics next week. Okay. Briefly. Okay. Very, very briefly. Okay. I feel like we've dangled that carrot for We have dangled like that carrot. We now. have. Yes, we have. I'll, I'll give you the title and artist of that next week when I pick my books of the year because it was fucking awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, good. Um, this week, though, I'm going to give you something that is described. Now, I didn't read this description of the book before I started to read it. Not all the way through because anytime there's a quote... I skip past it. I don't read that. I read the description of the book, but I will not read quotes from people who've read the book before I read it because I don't want comparisons of other things. So after I finished reading it and freaking loved it, I noticed that one of the descriptions is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets 1984. Mm. 
In the near future, all decision-making is automated until one man makes a brazen choice of his own with global consequences. I don't know. I got it from the library, so I didn't see that description in Goodreads because I don't ever look at Goodreads until I'm done. Yeah. The title of this book is Quality Land by Mark U. Kling. The guy has a really different name. It's spelled M-A-R-C-U-W-E. So I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. And the last name is Kling. I believe it's a German novel. Kling like... K-L-I-N-G. This book was very reminiscent of what the future might be like in a world where Amazon keeps progressing the way it is progressing. So Amazon on steroids, where this world, if you think about a product that you might like, it shows up automatically. I mean, I wouldn't it's hate It's all that. based on <laughs> algorithms, and the algorithms are foolproof. This company is the most successful company in the world. It's called The Shop, and they deliver things to you before you even know you want them. And most of the time, they get it right. Most of the time, it's, it's pretty spot on. That's a little so bit scary. So when though. the book begins, Peter Jobless, who's our main character, is receiving this package. And he's like, oh, cool. You know, and so we're sort of introduced to that. I don't remember what he gets this first time, but I remember he, he's thinking, oh, I guess I like this. Okay. Sort of response. And um, Peter is a really interesting character. That's one of the reasons I like the book, because he's such a, he's a rebel. And I love the rebel. That's one of my favorite, favorite types of character is the, the character who tries in some way to buck the system. I think it's just my personality. I, I can't follow those, those rules. But Peter, his job is to recycle machines. So he has like a scrap metal shop. And his, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this big metal squisher thing where they will send robots to him. Like a compactor? Sort of. Okay. So you see inside of his shop, this scrapper thing. And a lot of times he'll go in there to be by himself. He's a real, he's a real interesting character. And because when you go inside this machine, your phone doesn't work. And your network doesn't work. So you can go in there to like get peace and quiet. <laughs> the person or the AI that runs a shop is like, the customers get really freaked out when you go stand in there. You really shouldn't do it. <laughs> but we find out, not right away. We find out as we get sort of into the book that Peter has been all this time taking all these robots that he was supposed to scrap because it's illegal to fix anything. Oh, so all of these robots that he's supposed to recycle and all of these machines that are broken and stuff like that, he takes and he puts them in the scrapper, but then he doesn't destroy them. He takes them down and puts them in his basement. So he has a whole basement full of faulty robots. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Oh my gosh. So all these robots are for one reason or, or, or another, they bucked the system, which is why they got sent there. Robots that don't follow directions or don't follow rules. Robots that go insane, you know, all of this kind of stuff that he's got down in his basement. So Peter, uh, one of the other things I, I found interesting is that this algorithm, the shop, also finds a mate for you. So 
you're set up with somebody who's supposed to be compatible with you and you're supposed to be able to get along. And so wait, it's not only does it shop for you, but it, it it's mat- basically it's, everything. It's it's bumble on steroids. Yeah. And the whole thing is is based on an algorithm. Well, his girlfriend decides one day that she, that he wants she wants to dump him. So she's like she sends him a message. No, she doesn't oh. send him a message. She has the algorithm send him a message <laughs> that says, um, XYZ, I don't remember what her name is. Stacy has has terminated your relationship. We suggest she's given you a voucher for this, you know, oh service. So you can go find a new mate. So she takes off and goes and does her own thing. Um and poor Peter, you know, he's just you know, his girlfriend leaves him and all this stuff starts happening to him. And then one day the shop delivers this package to him. So he opens up the package and inside the package is this bright pink dolphin dildo. Uh, And he's like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? This does not fit. What am I supposed to do with this? So he... So he tries to return it. And the entire book from that point forward is him trying to return this dildo. And they won't let him. Because the algorithm is never wrong. So he goes on this quest to try to return that fucking dildo. He's going to do it one way or another. And his ragtag band of robots help him in his quest. And I had more fun with this book then I have had like Lord of the Rings gone so wrong. It it is just, I just had so much fun reading this book. It was funny. It was interesting. It had like almost that cautionary tale thing about, you know, letting technology get out of hand with the shop and and the algorithms and stuff like that. The reason they don't want to let him return it is because then they'd have to admit that they're not perfect. And they can't do that because then the entire system would collapse. It's true. So, man, I had fun reading this book. I gave it five stars, of course. And I recommend that Jessica read this book because I think Jessica would like it. Yes. You said you liked it at the beginning and I already borrowed it. Yes, it is so... I have to talk to you about this book when you finish reading it because I had so much fun reading this book. I had such a blast with it. And there's it says Quality Land number one. So there's another one. And I'm so excited. I just finished reading it not too long ago. So I will be continuing on this quest with Peter Jobless. I mean, what a name. Peter Jobless. Peter Jobless. Who is not jobless. No, not really. <laughs> but he is a loser, though. And being a loser, you get less social points. And so as a less social point person, you get treated worse and you get worse mates and you get worse. You know, it's like it's like a caste system almost. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is all tied into the shop, which felt so much like Amazon to me, you guys. (laughs) It really did. The whole time I was Or Facebook when you Google like one thing and then you get ads for it on Facebook for weeks. It talked a lot about the algorithms. I can tell you that for nothing. I think it's funny. Facebook keeps trying to get me to do the Facebook relationships thing. And I'm like, Facebook, I I, I have a a four-year boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's just based on your age. And that, that, that is what this is about in a lot of ways. It's trying to give you something that you have no use for. This is going on the list next week. Wow. I really, really loved this book. The description, when I took it out from the library, the description is written in German. So I had to go change the, wait, no, it was on Goodreads that it was in German. I had to go find a different version of the book to put in to read what anyone said about it on Goodreads. So I think the guy is German. Anyway, the name of the book was Quality Land by Mark U. Kling. Nice. And I thought it was fan-fucking-tastic. I'm going to be recommending it to all of my people who like them some weird books. Yay, Jessica! My weird book person is on. (laughs) I didn't plan this. I didn't save it for you. You checked it out. Woo! Yay! You have to text me. I had Stormfront on hold for like a month and it finally came in. Yay, I read that. Um, I reread that. I need to like comb through my 2020 reads. I was going to say, next week, guys, is our big end of the year show, which we usually try to pick one book from each genre. Or if we we didn't read a lot of genres, that doesn't matter. Um, five, Five or six books for the whole year that you loved more than all the others, basically. Mm. I'm going to have to comb through my book journal. Yep. yep. So Because I've read like 60 books this year. My goal was like 30 something. And you doubled up, huh? Yeah. 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 Quarantine. Yeah. Book podcast. <laughs> I looked back because um, Goodreads has this thing that's like my book year. Yes. Do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I I actually read less books. This year than I did last year. How is that possible? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. No call but, this week. No call Friday. God, this will be the first Friday that we haven't had a call since March. Because Christmas is on Friday and we can't have a call on Friday. Yeah. Well, I've worked every Friday for the past few months. <laughs> so I'm like, sorry, guys. You're there in spirit. Yeah. Yeah, but... So yeah, if you're looking for the Zoom link on Christmas Day, it does not exist. Yep, sorry. You know, we, but have, New Year's, we have to give people a day off, I guess. That's, New Year's Day, I think we're... Yeah, we're going to we're yeah. gonna do it New Year's Day, though. Yes. Because, I mean, what do, you, what do you do on... You don't have to go anywhere on New Year's Day. I have uh, to go on Christmas Day to eat at my cousin's house. So I, I physically can't be here to do a Zoom call. The family just will not understand. <laughs> No. Y'all better double up on your black-eyed peas. I no. don't like black-eyed peas. I think it's Megan and Mai's fault that 2020 sucks so bad because neither of us did black-eyed peas. But I've never years. done black-eyed yeah. peas or cabbage or all the other things you're supposed to do. I hate black-eyed peas, but I, t- I chop up a bunch of jalapeno and throw it in there with them and then you can't taste them. <laughs> there you go. I'll be My New Year's Eve is going to be watching the final season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So... That's probably going to involve some black magic and <laughs> things that probably is not a good way to start 2021, but it's fine. Does it come out New Year's? Yeah, it comes out New Year's Eve. Cool. Yeah. Did you see that there's a cameo from the other, uh, is there the other ants? 
Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'll have I to, to find catch it. Up. I didn't finish it. Has anybody watched The Queen's Gambit? No, I haven't watched it yet. The Queen's okay. Gambit I reviewed on the podcast a few weeks ago, and it was excellent. But I really, Ron and I watched the series together as well, and it was really good. I was I pleasantly like that girl. Huh? Someone at the someone at the bookstore told me I looked like that girl. I think it's just because you can see this part of my face, and I have red hair and brown eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's you why. Yeah, you take saying, your mask off, you don't look a thing like. No, her. but I could see the red hair and the yeah in your eyes. Yeah, I mean there were some things I didn't like about it, but probably pretty faithful adaptation overall. They were there was a thing I saw online that was like the Netflix effect, and it was like. The peop- the increased number of people buying chess sets, like it was. Yeah, 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 Ron and I were talking about that. I said, "Honey, we should get out the chess set." He goes, "The chess sets are also sold out at the store." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "Whoa, it really?" Was, yeah, it was like a whole thing about like how many people have been like playing online chess since that show came out, and how many people have bought chess sets. And I was like, "That's," I mean, it's true. I feel like when Netflix makes or any streaming service like find something that can be a hobby that's within a series that they do really well like that it does have that effect like people start to to go for it we have our chess guys on sunday at the bookstore and i've seen a few more like newer faces yeah mm, sweet they're having their moment Ah, uh, humbug i don't i'm tired of christmas <laughs> and working so in retail dark. this time of year is like yeah. fucking oh awful. and we don't get to have the third floor party like Mr. Tolbert has every year. Aww. So they sent out a letter that they get 20% off in the store and they can get a free glass of wine or champagne from the cafe, Aww. which would be fine. Except everybody who comes in with one of those letters is a fucking twat. <laughs> and they're assholes. Like I literally had a lady be like, if I could get a glass of wine of a bottle that hasn't been opened yet, can you tell me which ones haven't been opened? Jesus Christ. And then there's people who are like, well, I'm done shopping, so I need a drink. Can I get a special coffee? And I'm like, no. You can get a regular coffee. That's not what the letter said. Yeah. Also, they sent out this letter that's called Champagne, C-H-A-M-P-A-I-G-N. No one fucking caught it before it got sent out, and I think Champagne. it's so funny. Champagne. Oh. Mm. From from a bookstore. Spells are wrong. Okay, Megan, did you um let me ask you, when you set out your, your Christmas cookies, did you set out carrots for the reindeers? No, I think maybe once or twice we set out carrots. But we I think we never really did we just did Santa and the cookie and the You just the didn't milk. give a shit about the reindeer, did you? No. That's, what a I selfish know. little rat. Uh, but hey, they don't <laughs> I mean Santa's the one that brought me presents. I mean the reindeer needed to bring were needed too, but uh we just did the cookies. Uh, I think. So well it's a wonder you didn't have some reindeer shit on your carpet. <laughs> Well, sometimes I think that my mom let the dogs poop in the front yard just so that she could say that it was reindeer droppings. That's a genius idea. <laughs> and also, you know, my, my mom doesn't have, or well, she does have a sweet tooth, but at the time she, we didn't always have cookies in the house. So sometimes Santa Claus got a sandwich <laughs> and sometimes he got cheese and crackers and sausage. Oh my God. <laughs> Santa got some meaty treats. (laughs) Santa got meaty treats, and Santa never got milk at our house. 
he got a mixed drink. <laughs> See, Santa, at, our Santa got a beer. He got a beer, yeah, because my like mom for, was, for Dylan's Santa. Yeah, well, he needs something to warm him up on a cold night, yeah. and he gets milk at every other house, so we're going to give him something different. And he's sick of cookies, so let's just make him a sandwich instead. <laughs> I mean, the logic <laughs> isn't flawed. Basically, it was whatever was left over in the refrigerator is what Santa got on his plate at my house. <laughs> Here, Santa, did you like some weed? Because I got some really dank well, weed. Well, if you think about it, in the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen movie, when he like first becomes Santa and he doesn't want to drink the milk and the little girl catches him, and then the next year, she's he's like, this is sour. And she's like, you said you were lactose intolerant. <laughs> So I got you lactose milk or like, oh, whatever it was. And he was like, you're right. I did say that. <laughs> like, That's one of my favorite, like favorite parts of the movie is when he, my niece loves the Santa Claus, but it's because she thinks Charlie's cute. Charlie Aww, was cute when we hilarious. were kids. She's four. And so she was like, Jess, that's Charlie. And I was like, oh, and she goes, He's the cutest. Oh, what does Charlie look like today? That's Honestly, the real question. Not bad. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like he didn't look bad in the third movie, and he was. We were older when that one came out. Yeah, it's better than Macaulay Culkin. Ooh, he's true. A he's gotten better lately though, because he's dating yeah. Brenda Song now, and I feel like she won't let him go out looking like yeah. a like a weasel yeah and he looks a weasel like that's been he, dipped in the lake yeah he doesn't look as like emaciated last time i saw a picture of him he actually like santa at my house is this year now that my 22 year old son is at home for christmas i think we'll just have we'll have santa santa will have some self some spiced eggnog or something there you go <laughs> okay so let me ask you this did your mom um give you night quill on christmas eve so you'd sleep what oh my god no we got night quill every year except for the one year that my grandma made us all um a drink called a grasshopper have you ever heard of those your yes. parents drugged you on christmas <laughs> a little bit of vodka just like Night. <laughs> was ever in the fridge at the time oh my god yeah, yeah. the only Maybe booze left in their whole house was cream to mint which is why they got grasshopper i'm sorry we were out at nyquil so here you go hey you mix that shit with some ice cream it's pretty good here's a shot of whiskey now go to bed god damn it don't get up till i tell you <laughs> nyquil how come nobody has heard about that <laughs> i think you're I, Bonnie, I say this with love, but your mother was horrible. <laughs> now, Benadryl, I can see giving your child a little, little shot of Benadryl on the side, What's maybe. What's the difference between Benadryl to make your child sleep and NyQuil? Mm, not a lot. Or like, you know, just a couple shots of peppermint schnapps. I mean, it tastes like a candy cane. <laughs> She's not 100% wrong, Perry. I'm just saying. I think we're inspiring a whole new generation of moms right now, Vani. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Happy and Hanukkah. And happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa. That's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. 
If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.